The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, it's 307 on the nose on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. There's a fire in Strathcona County Wildland, uh, south of Township Road 56, uh, 50, uh, 564A, and between Range Road 212 and Secondary Highway 830. That's causing a lot of grief for some firefighters. Bob Scott, the uh, Deputy Fire Chief for Strathcona County Emergency Services, has said he expects firefighters to be working on that wildfire throughout the week. It first broke out on Saturday. He joins us now on the phone. Uh, Mr. Scott, how are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, perhaps you can uh, first uh, tell us, for those of us who didn't understand the address that Jayla just gave. <laughs> that I slaughtered? <laughs> yeah. Where, where is this? How big is it? And how much damage has it already done? Sure. So it, the fire is located in the north end of Strathcona County in the Bruderheim uh, public uh, recreation area. Oh, okay. Where oh, okay. that is, is, it's an area that stretches across Strathcona County and into Lamont County. There's two separate fires burning. There's yeah. one in Lamont County, and we're on the one in Strathcona County. So we're west of Secondary 830 and uh, south of the river. Okay. okay. So any idea the cause on it right now? We had fire investigation. I want to take a look, uh, conduct an investigation. And what they determined is that there was no natural cause for the fire mm. to occur. So what that's leading us to assume is that it's uh, human involvement. So given uh, weather conditions <laughs> as they've been for the last few days, um, typically the cause, the natural cause, as you just referred, would be uh, likely dry lightning would be a likely cause, but you've ruled that out. We've ruled that out. There was no lightning or uh, severe type of weather that was in the uh, in this area at all when the fire started up. So what you've got instead is the ideal conditions for a wildfire, which is warm, dry weather and probably some wind to go along with it just to spread it for good measure. That's right. We've actually had that weather every day, including the day of the start. Yeah. Hmm. And each day going on, it's actually been getting warmer. And uh, the nighttime temperatures, uh, they cool down, but they're not getting as cool as they were a, even a week ago. Yeah, and you know what, Jesse Beyer, for the chief meteorologist for uh, Global Edmonton, was talking about that 30-30-30 factor uh, the other day with the temperature yeah. and the winds and the and the humidity. And he was talking the other day, like humidity in the city was only like 18%. So kind of a perfect storm for this kind of situation to be happening. And I, I suspect, uh, Bob, that you're, you're really making sure, wanting to get the message out to be careful if you're on your ATV or if you're flicking your cigarette butt out the window, all of that sort of stuff. Don't do it. Absolutely. Stay away from having any open fires. In fact, we've got a fire, rest- or a fire advisory on, which means all burn permits have been suspended. So there's no open fires allowed. Conditions are just not right. They, the fire could grow quickly and get out of uh, control uh, beyond what somebody could, could manage by themselves. So does that include, uh, is that public land only parks or does that include all open fire? It includes all open fire in Strathcona County. Okay. So um, what it doesn't include is the backyard fire pit. Okay. So what okay. we're asking people to do is if they, if they want to have the hot dog roast, be very, very careful. Make sure that when, the, when you're done with the fire that it's totally extinguished and it can't, uh, embers can't blow out anywhere and cause a fire. So, Bob, every time we uh, have a story about uh, wildfire, and we're probably going to have one every season, I end up getting into arguments with uh, listeners. 
So I want you to weigh in on this uh, for me. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, my contention is because listeners will say, well, I don't understand why we don't just load up a plane full of a whole bunch of water and dump it on the fire, put it out. That's not how you fight a wildfire, right? It's fought with shovels and boots on the ground and picks and axes. That's how you fight a wildfire. That's exactly how you fight a wildfire. What the water tankers do when they come in and do an aerial drop is not the fire that's up in the crown of of the tree Mm -hmm. where firefighters can't access it and affect the fire. It knocks it back down and puts it to an area where firefighters can get in and control it. Knocks the heat down, it uh, pushes the flames down and starts, starts to smother the fire. But there's usually enough heat there that eventually that area will dry out and ignite again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other tools you use, of course, are fire breaks. Uh, sometimes, I, I don't know if it's still called this, but uh, you can dump fire retardant uh, around the area to, you know, again, that that's on the that's prevents crowning uh, for the fire spreading across the tops of the trees. But these are all measures to simply allow the firefighters time to get it put out. Are you doing those things? We are doing those things. And in fact, it's the tactics really are a combined effort. On Sunday evening, we had water tankers uh, and support from Alberta Agriculture and Forestry, and they dropped wa- uh, water and retardant on an area that we couldn't get to. Uh, the problem was it was up in the crown. The firefighters couldn't get in because of the heat, and uh, the tankers knocked everything down for us and enabled the firefighters to start going in and mopping up and making sure that the, the fire was extinguished at that point. Then we follow up with crews patrolling throughout the night and more helicopter drops the next day to uh, ensure full extinguishment. And those helicopter drops you're talking about, those are buckets uh, that are meant to hit specific hot spots, right? That's right, uh, very specific hot spots. You know, in fact, uh, just earlier this afternoon, we had another fire start in this hmm. area. Hmm. We had crews not far down the road, down 830, and we had a, a 911 call that there was a uh, smoke showing just north of where they were at. When they responded, they found that there was a tree that had gone uh, across some power lines. It, it had fallen on the power lines and shorted. It arced out and caused the fire underneath. Wow. Wow. We, yeah. we immediately had the helicopter respond, drop, uh, do some water drops, immediate, like right on top of the fire, and ensure that the fire was, uh, the intensity was knocked down. Our fire crews got into it and they're also on it right now. And, it's under control. Awesome. You know what, Quinn Oler from Global Edmonton, I know she was out there covering uh, this yesterday and they had done a media interview with you and she'd sent out a, a tweet on Twitter saying that uh, a tree lights on fire or the tree, you know, it, it immediately after the media interview, it just kind of, mm-hmm. it went up and, it, you know, everyone was kind of stunned. So we've been watching this through uh, social media, through the news, that sort of stuff. Now, curious, because I actually had a friend of mine whose uh, parents lived in the area and there was concerns that they might have to get the heck out of the house. Uh, what What is going on as far as uh, evacuations, damage, that sort of thing? On Saturday, we had voluntary evacuations of two homes that were uh, under threat. The, uh, the residents that lived there decided that it was in their best interest is to leave, get out of the way of the firefighters, uh, and make sure that uh, if the fire intensified, that they weren't in any danger. All right. We, uh, we have one other house that was under threat the next day, <laughs> and uh, they evacuated as well. But all those homes have been saved, all the buildings have been saved, and we have no other buildings under threat right now. Great job. How long will you uh, keep this? They've got to be getting tired, these guys, in this kind of weather. How long will you just go with this crew, or is there a possibility you'll bring in a new crew or ask for help? 
we've actually been rotating our crews. So at the height of the fire on Saturday, we had 46 firefighters. And then we changed our scheduling so that we have rotating crews. So right now, today, for example, we've got 15 firefighters on the scene operating three brush trucks, three water tenders, which are tankers basically supporting the brush trucks. And Good stuff. They're working with the helicopter to uh, do specific work. And we have that kind of a rotation going each day. Okay. Bob Scott, the it's Deputy important. Fire Chief, Strathcona Emergency Services, joining us. Uh, thank you for taking the time out. We know it was kind of a, a, a moving situation. It's an ever-changing situation for you. So we take uh, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this afternoon to give us an update. Well, you're very welcome. I'll head back to command post now. We're about getting ready for our next uh, planning meeting and uh, ensure that we're on the right path today that this is dealt with as best we can. Sounds good. good job, we'll stay Chief. in touch. Thank Thanks so a lot, Chief. Thank you. from Spruce Grove, Texas, and said there's a fire on Highway 16A westbound right before you enter Spruce Grove. Hmm. So uh, keep that in mind if you're if you're heading out that way. We just got talking about firefighting. You did you did the you did uh, you know ground crews when you were a teenager, and I was talking about growing up in northern Ontario and how you come out from from work. I remember coming out from the TV station, just ash falling from the sky, Mm -hmm. and just covering your car the big brilliant red uh, sun, and 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 because of that, you'll just never ever not know when there's a forest fire because you can you, you just right. smell it uh, a mile away once you you know the smell yep. uh, but we got talking you said it was such a great job and i said yeah there were so many kids in northern ontario that did that or or did tree planting yeah tree planting is another matter we i loved that job so i worked uh, initial attack so that's a four-man crew with us with a supervisor yep. so five-man crew total the idea of initial attack is to get in before the firefighters have to so you go first yep. see if you can contain it yeah. and if you can't you call for fire crews to come in so it would it generally be initial attack then helicopter then bombers then firefighters mm-hmm. and when the firefighters arrive the initial attack leaves and they go to the next small fire and try and stop it, right? But like I was telling you, uh, I learned so much that year and had a great deal of respect for Mother Nature and its power. Absolutely. You know, a small fire that's not contained can burst and spread so quickly. Fort McMurray. Exactly. I mean, think about oh, yeah, exactly. think about that. You know, as they're still trying to figure out, they have the idea of where it started and, you know, what caused it. Mm. And you know, and, and that's the thing. The, this fire, they don't know the cause of it yet. You mentioned though, ATVs. Um, it's a small point, but it's an important one. It's not always a fire pit that wasn't put out properly uh-uh. or a cigarette that yeah. was thrown from a car. Those are bad, but how hot your ATV gets, it's really important that you not park it over long grass Mm. because you can ignite the grass and you won't even know it. You'll leave and think everything's fine and it will sit there Mm -hmm. and smolder and a breeze hits it and those embers. And like I was telling you, you fight a fire one inch at a time, but it can turn and and come back on you so fast. You know, if, think about this. I mean, two years ago, we were in the 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 yeah. you know the middle of mm-hmm. that hell that was Fort McMurray, um, and kept wondering when is this thing ever going to end? Yeah, it went on for so long, and there was some ups and downs to it. But that was so massive; it was incredible to see from the beginning to the end and even to this day to see the mm-hmm. damage that it did mm-hmm. cause the aerial view of of what burned and you know that started with an ember i mean that started with nothing you know what um even we uh the fire chief was talking about you know even your fire pits making sure that it's put right out mm-hmm. that it's not sparking that sort of stuff we uh we we bought some new 
firewood. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's not as sparky. Oh, okay. As you know, because yep. you've been around, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of comes shooting out. And if you have a blanket on, you're afraid that the, it's going to yeah, start it's... the blanket on fire or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was really, I can't forget, uh, I, uh, Birch maybe, because I think we had, I can't, I can't remember which one we switched to. But the other thing I noticed, yeah, first off, it's not near as sparky, which I like. That's good. Number two. Because those go up in the air and travel, Because right? and it travels. Yep. And, uh, you know, you think about how dry it is, where you are, and, and, and that sort of stuff. But, but as well, the other cool thing was, is that um, you don't go in the house smelling like a, Oh, really? So it burns pretty clean? Yeah. So it must burn really hot then if you're not... It does burn really, really hot. I forget which one it is, but... That's cool. Compared to the one that we had. But yeah, we really noticed a big difference. You know, there's another thing. um, Again, I'm thinking a lot about family and life these Mm -hmm. days. But I think about that. So I think about what age I was when I went and did that job for four months. And my son is older than that now, Hunter. How old were you, 17, 18? Yeah, I was around 18. Yep. I was in university at the time, and I just needed to make oh, a bunch of big bucks. And you can make a lot of bucks uh-huh. on a fire. Because if you stay on the fire, you're paid around the clock. So an ideal situation for a, a, an initial attack person is that it's contained but not out. Because so it just keeps they'll, going, keeps they'll going. tell you to stay, right? And when you stay, you start getting into overtime, double overtime, and you start making some big bucks, right? I'm sorry, but that's just a reality, right? Obviously, you do want to put the fire out, but that is a reality as a as a student. But my son is younger than I was now. And if he came to me and said, hey, I got a job fighting fires up north, I'd be like, no. I mean, it was still the greatest job ever. I just can't picture my son doing it. Well, I, I, I you know what? I know your son. I can't yeah. really picture him doing it right. either. I can see him criticizing how it's being done. Yeah, and probably telling to <laughs> no, this is probably yeah. the better way of doing right. it, that sort of stuff. But yeah. I mean... Everyone is cut out for for different yeah, for different things. All, you know, all of my friends had all of my friends had summer jobs or worked full time. What full full time? <laughs> they worked at McDonald's. I'm like, there's yeah. no way that I was working at McDonald's in high school. I would love. And you to loved see your you. you yeah. loved your McDonald's I job. Did. No, I worked front desk at the best Western Water Tower. But I in. feel like that's really suited to you. And to took be care honest. of the customer service yeah. and all of that sort of stuff in the little shop and over, yeah. overpricing the you know the. It's funny because I've seen an ad campaign. McDonald's is obviously oh, having trouble. People. Yeah. Yeah, hiring people because they're they're having stories of people who are saying, "Hey, I was criticized, but it's been the greatest job ever." I, I will tell you, as not part of that campaign, but as a former <laughs> McDonald's, no money for this. yeah, I know there's no endorsement fee here. I do recommend working at McDonald's or some fast food place, but I can say because I work for McDonald's, their training is incredible. The just their customer service training and all of that. I know you for put the fries in the grease. It's more than that, though. It's more than that because they're they're built on systems. So you have to learn systems, and you have to learn how to interact with customers, and you've got to break the place down and bring it, build it back up every night so that it's clean. Like there's just a whole lot there. And my story aside, I know the guys who started High Steak Loft. Oh uh, yeah, got their training at McDonald's. Yeah, like they learned about food preparation uh, and, and customer service. Well, I could have done with probably a little bit more training on the front desk at the hotel <laughs> uh, yeah. because when the flight crews come in and you send them after a day of flying and you send them to a room that is already occupied. Yeah, they don't like that. It doesn't go over so well on anyone's <laughs> part. <laughs> but it was fun. It was. Uh, we did it for... Uh, for for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and again, different uh, skill set. That's but sort you know of what? Stuff. Those are the jobs that you remember, though, right? Like your career is one thing, and you think back about the path that this career has taken you on. Yeah. But it's those summer jobs. But but that's the only. When I think about it, besides babysitting, that's the only summer job that I had, and I kept it going through. But that was my job. Yeah. Then I went to college. I tried waitressing. 
at the Port Arthur Brasserie oh, and Brew House man. in in, uh, in Thunder Bay. You would not I be lasted. A nope. I lasted. I dropped almost dropped a lobster in someone's lap, <laughs> and I said. That's enough of that. I lasted two days. The guy that owned that restaurant also owned the TV station. Mm. So I got hired to do weekend weather. I was the, the weather announcer. That's And, and mm. that's all I've done since I was 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. I did television or radio. Well, you know, it's funny because I think back about, I've taken a sort of a strange career path, I'll right? I'll say. Yeah, so from, you know, management in a trucking company to yeah. stand-up comedian to radio, I'm not really yeah. sure how I got here, but... I fondly, most fondly remember two summer jobs, fighting fires in northern Alberta, which is where, by the way, I fell in love with Alberta. McDonald's? Uh, No, not McDonald's. Uh. They gave me good training. And uh, parking vehicles on a car ferry between uh, (laughs) Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. That was so much fun. Mm. And it's one of those things where, you, you, like, to this day, if you drive onto a ferry... You look around and know exactly what everyone's job is. It's just one of those, you know, cool experiences where you go, "Oh, that guy is not actually standing I around doing give, nothing." I wouldn't give you. I wouldn't have given you my car keys. Oh, I don't park them. I direct you. Oh, you just direct them. Oh, okay, yeah, right. okay. Which so. is why when I became a, a parent parking patrol, a parent parking, I wore the badge proudly. The triple P at the elementary school. <laughs> I parked those cars like an inch apart. Like I'm like, oh no, no, no. I don't know how you've been doing it in the past, but it's like Tetris. Like here's how you get all the cars in with all the parents, and you get as many kids not crossing the street oh, as possible. Oh my goodness. It's 327 on the <laughs> 630 Chet Afternoon News. Uh, a break here. When we come back, uh, retired Major General David Fraser on Operation Medusa, the furious battle that saved Afghanistan from the Taliban. We'll talk to him after your 330 News headlines. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.